0: With the latest
1: from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass
0: Podcast.
1: Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly.
2: I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status
0: escalate. A- the corn balls get stored. Welcome in. Welcome in
2: to the punt and pass podcast i'm your host drew butler join alongside my co-host jake from be sure to follow us on social media at punt and pass on twitter and instagram i'm at drew butler he's at from jake hunt and the number one destination for all things college football boy do we have a lot to talk about on this episode it's conference championship weekend it's about to be December. This, of course, being released on wow. November the 30th. That's Thursday, but Friday is December 1st, and it's the last year we will ever have a four-team college football playoff selection. Sunday is coming up. We got tons of drama and chaos to unpack on this episode. I can't wait. SEC champion Jake Fromm. How are you, my friend?
1: Man, I'm doing great. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking, this is this is why we're here. This is it. It's because of this weekend right here to get a chance to have a chance to play for a national championship. So, hey, easiest thing is you win and you're in. Can't wait to chop it up and talk about it. No
2: doubt about it. There's no better feeling than having a chance, and you can have that feeling if you download the Prize Picks app and if you use the promo code Punt and you deposit one hundred dollars. Prize Picks will give you a deposit match up to $100. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. It's one of the top apps in the Apple App Store. Use the promo code PUNT and you can get a deposit match up to $100. What is Prize Picks? It is simply the best daily fantasy sports app on the entire market. And if you use the promo code PUNT, It gets that much better. Pick two to six players. You can use cross board entries and predict that they will go more or less than their prize picks stat projection. You can win up to 25x your money. I will be giving out the DB3 piece on social media later on this week. Download the prize picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. All right. Thursday episode, we go three and out. We touch on the top three news and storylines across college football. And I would be remiss if we did not start with the storyline that's really kind of taking college football by hold as we head in to the final Weekend of Action Conference Championship weekend. That, of course, is the college football playoff rankings. So the committee comes out on Tuesday night, and they give you the penultimate rankings. Georgia stays at number one, Michigan at two, Washington up to three, Florida State up to four, Oregon up to five, Jake. Ohio State gets bounced back to six, and then seven and eight are Texas and Alabama. Now, I think that ranking, that order, was pretty much to be expected. However, listening to Boo Corrigan and Bill Hancock and all the talking heads that have to get on the television screens after the rankings are released, the debate started of how they're going to choose the Final Four. Is it the most deserving or is it the best? And now the debate is raging on social media. I don't know. But Kirk Herbstreet was on pardon my take on Barstool Sports, and he even went on a profanity-laced tirade, essentially saying these people got to do their jobs, man. And if they're saying that the best teams in the the Final Four have to get picked, that's a whole different conversation, Jake, than quite possibly the quote-unquote most deserving. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah. No, I I agree because then we – immediately get into Florida state. Like yes. I think a very deserving team who's had obviously a perfect season, the most perfect season they could have other than losing their quarterback. Right. And when you lose that guy, um, that's going to be very tough for them to me in my eyes say, you're going to have a chance to win a playoff game against the other top three best teams in the country. And that's going to be, it's, it's tough for me to buy into that. Cause I just saw that product go into the swamp now, Florida is a, a very roller coaster football team. The swamp's a tough place to play. Um, but to me, I, I needed more of a convincing win uh, down there in Gainesville than what I got. So, immediately starting with Florida State, yep, um, that's where I'm at with that one.
2: And they'll have another chance this weekend. Look, they're going to be in Charlotte. It's the ACC Championship game. They're taking on Louisville. It's kind of a bummer Louisville lost last week to Kentucky. They are a very I good agree. football team. And the weather's supposed to be pretty bad. It's going to be cold, it's going to be chilly. Uh, That's an outdoor game, so how will Florida State respond with everything on the line? And like you said, they couldn't have a better season. It ain't like they could go do something outside of the schedule that they're given, and they are undefeated. This would be an entirely different conversation if Jordan Travis were still the quarterback. So when you start getting on social media, when you start listening to these analysts, and then even some of the people on the college football playoff committee talk, you might be thinking and reading the tea leaves and guessing, dude, they might win the ACC, finish undefeated, and they could get totally boned out of the final four college football playoff spots. How? Well, there's a couple of chaotic scenarios that we've broken down on podcasts past, but it starts with Georgia. If Georgia takes care of business, that really kind of eases the burden of the college football playoff. However, Texas is the gigantic chess piece that you and I – have been talking about week after week. They are 15-point favorites against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. If they go out and blast Oklahoma State and they've got that win at Alabama by 10 points and they're rolling and they're healthy, it's getting set up to be Florida state getting left out of the college football playoff, even as an undefeated power five conference champion. That's just how I feel, Jake. That's, that's what my gut is telling
1: me right now. And it's unfortunate. That's how I feel too. And what I'm so surprised of, and I would love to get your thoughts on this is Ohio state's at six, Texas, seven, Alabama, eight. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. to me, to me, does Ohio state have a chance to get in? And if they, if they don't, then why are they still ranked ahead of Texas? Like to you me bring up Texas, a great point. To me, Texas has a realistic shot of being in that top four. So, I mean, I don't know, just why even bother wasting your time of having Ohio State at six.
2: Cassidy Pearson, longtime listener of the podcast, she chimed in on Twitter and she said just that, Jake: quote, I'm afraid that Ohio State isn't out of it yet. Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Washington wins, and Florida State and Texas lose. Now, that is very much a possibility. She says, Mm. Ohio State's back in. She says, I want to hear your opinion on this scenario. Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Oregon wins, Texas and FSU lose. Does a one-loss Washington get in if it's close, or does Ohio State get in? with one loss they didn't even play in their conference championship game she says Washington plays the extra game Ohio State doesn't what do you do I mean that's a scenario Uh, I hadn't even really thought about Uh, but Cassidy brings up a great point thank you so much for listening and chiming in Cassidy Ohio State's not out of it so it's great Ohio State's rooting for Oregon to beat Washington and then Florida State and Texas to lose and they could be sitting there going let us back in
1: wow i mean just the fact that that's a possibility i, I kind of hate it almost like <laughs> i agree but, because i because i because i have been in that situation of like a washington football team where hey I, I i earned my opportunity to play in an extra game um yes but when you You've earn that opportunity it, quite it, literally yeah but when you earn that opportunity to play an extra game man it, it 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 sucks if if you come out short in that game because it ends up hurting you a whole lot more um than helping you. And ah, just to see a, a an Ohio State team squeak in there. I just I don't think they passed the eye test. I'd rather have Washington in and, right now. And the
2: eye test is a phrase that is catching a lot of heat right now because it keeps getting brought up by none other than the college football playoff committee, who you and I continue to say they should just televise it. They should televise Sunday's final meeting. It would mm. be fascinating it would probably be a little bit hilarious. Ultimately, so. it would probably be sad. We'd all be saying there going, I cannot believe these are the people that are making these decisions. But I will say, in terms of the quote-unquote eye test, in terms of the quote-unquote most deserving, in terms of the quote-unquote best four teams, who the committee continues to say their job is to put in the best four teams. Well, the analysts of the world's guys that I really respect like a josh pate at cbs sports he tweeted out earlier today if the cfp actually means they're putting in the four best teams then georgia should be the biggest lock of the century meaning regardless of what happens in the sec championship and then kirk kerbstre who i think we all love he said hey if georgia and alabama play a classic knockdown drag out game in the sec championship." He said, I'd have a very hard time for anybody to argue that Alabama and Georgia are not two of the four best teams in the country. So, look, man, I- I'm happy that this is happening in the final year that there's only four teams, but do not get it twisted. When we go to 12 next year, we will still have the same drama. It would just be involving other teams.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's still it still will be there. Um I just, the, the possibilities are endless. Like I'm still just going through scenarios in my head over and over yeah. like, well, well, what if this game plays out like this? Well, I mean, what if, what if Washington loses a knockdown drag out close one last second field goal? Like, I mean, and Florida state loses and Texas loses. Well, who who's to say that they're not I'm, still there. I know, you know, I know. We just discussed that a little bit, but there's a lot of good football teams there's a lot of good quarterbacks. Yes. And they're just going to have to show up um on Saturday and Friday uh for the Pac-12 and and play great. As simple as that.
2: This is it, man. This is it. Pate follows up his biggest lock of the century tweet with this. He says, "This is not my argument. Bill Hancock himself" from the College Football Playoff Committee, said Tuesday that the, quote, most deserving team is not in the committee's lexicon, and they are looking for the four best teams. He says, I'm calling BS on that. But if they're serious, then we'll find out by how they treat Georgia if the Bulldogs lose. I agree with him. Yeah, I totally no, agree.
1: I, I agree. Hope we don't have to find out.
2: Um, but Looks if, like the media is already kind of doing – the dirty work for the dogs, regardless of how Saturday finishes up. All right, let's move to second down. Cause you brought up a great segue. You said, Hey, there's a lot of great quarterbacks in these conference championship games. They have an opportunity coming up this Friday night and Saturday. They just got to go out there and ball. Well, you, my friend, have done exactly that you played in two sec championships or three sec championships. Yeah. Three Auburn, Alabama, LSU, of course, You won an SEC championship back in 2017. Speak to me about the environment. I played and won many moons ago in 2011. We lost to LSU. There's nothing quite like the environment of an SEC championship game. Granted, it was different when I was playing because there was no college football playoff, but it truly feels like a national championship. The vibe inside what was then the Georgia Dome, what is now Mercedes Benz Stadium, it's unlike anything. In college football, from the terms that celebrities are there, college game day is usually there, it's usually a top-five matchup, and there are tons of national championship implications in that building, unlike any other conference championship being played that weekend.
1: Dude, I I think you hit it all. I mean, for me, it always felt different. Uh, It just felt like, by far, the most important game of the season thus far— um, because in that situation, those games always dictated how our, our playoff opportunities went, right? Um, the atmosphere is just, it's crazy. It's 50 50 split down the middle. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we, we usually had maybe a few more fans just because, you know, we're playing in Atlanta and having a little bit of home field advantage. Um, such a neat game to play in. I mean, it's, it's so cool. And you just have to go in and mentally expect. A four-quarter knockdown dragout, a roller coaster of a football game. Those games are so long. The TV yeah. commercials, I feel, are a minute longer each time, and it, you just have to just uh, just stand uh, against the waves because they're crashing and, and and go play ball. I mean, you just block everything out, go play ball, and you just lock in. I just always remember being physically worn out, but just mentally and emotionally just drained from those games because it takes all of it out of you.
2: Is that due to the preparation? Cause the week of preparation is a little bit different. Um, there's a lot more media obligations. You travel into Atlanta, you get your swag bag, you stay at a hotel that's designated by the sec. It feels like a bowl game. Um, and, yep. and it does feel like a reward because as the players and the coaches and the staff, you know, you, you earn your way into this extra game. Does the preparation go into it? What What was Kirby Smart and the staff kind of doing throughout the week to try to make it feel like a regular game? Because you can say and try to act like that as much as you want, but when Saturday rolls around, it's different, and everybody knows it.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, one thing about Kirby football-wise, when it comes to pra- how practice is orchestrated and the reps and everything, all that's pretty much staying true to, to what he does. Like, he's not going to really veer off the beaten path too much of of how a normal week looks like. Uh, For me at quarterback, there's just extra film. Uh, Obviously you have a whole uh, and full body of a season to go back and look through. Um, You know, you're pulling random clips. Well, you know, they, they had this random look uh, versus uh, uh, you know, a random Arkansas state team that they played in week two. Um, you, you just you never know. There's just so much to filter through, and and, and playing quarterback you you mentioned it the media obligations. It just it, you're just always going back and forth to something. Uh, finals are always around this week too. you right. Which, I didn't even think uh, about that. Which which sucks. Um, you know, or it could be really good where you don't have any class, you don't have any finals. Hey, you're good to go, man. It's just all ball. So it just kind of depends on what you got. Um, but it, it was definitely a long week, and uh, it's, it's something you always look forward to. But you just knew you you had to get geared up for a long week.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I totally forgot about finals like that. That end of semester crunch from the academic side is right there as well. And I think the good thing for Georgia in this spot, specifically coming up this weekend, is just the familiarity that they have with this weekend. Uh, It's been a while since they haven't played in the SEC championship game. And a lot of guys were on that team last year who took care of business against LSU. So, look, the dogs know exactly what's at stake. Alabama knows exactly what's at stake. The fans are fired up. These tickets are hot, man. They're like 400 bucks to get in. I think I saw a tweet where it was $398 get-in price. This is a couple days ago, so it might have changed since then. Get-in price for a single ticket of the SEC championship game was $398. For the other four Power saw, 5 conference I saw the games, same
1: thing you saw, yeah. You could buy
2: one ticket to each game, and it would be less than $398 total. And that yeah, Isn't that crazy? crazy? It is. It's absolutely crazy. So we're gonna break down the game when we go inside the five. I got tons of statistics. We got a bunch to say, obviously, but SEC Championship Weekend, it is one of my favorite uh weekends of the year in Atlanta. SEC fanfare, a bunch of activations going down, and just so much going on around the football game. And I have to give you props. I, I was there, I know we lost the game. 2018 SEC Championship, in the flesh, you threw the ball better than I think I've ever seen you throw it. You were in oh, Fuego. yeah. The, you were just on fire. It's a damn shame we weren't able to pull that one out. But mm. I just, had, I just had to give you props, big time props. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right, third down. Uh, the transfer portal. I don't even know if it's wow. open yet, but I guess you can, you can claim that you are in it. And quarterbacks are putting themselves in the transfer portal at an alarming rate. Some big name quarterbacks too. Max Johnson, Texas A&M starter. He is in the portal and already committed to go to North Carolina to take over for Drake. May I saw KJ Jefferson, the longtime starter at Arkansas. He is hinting that he may enter the portal. Other news at Arkansas, Bobby Petrino has been named their offensive coordinator. 10 plus years after getting fired with cause from that catastrophe in Fayetteville, that's just college football, you know, chef's kiss college football. Who else is in the transport? Riley Leonard, Leonard yeah. Duke has yep. put his name in the transfer portal as well. And then Matt rule, Nebraska's head coach comes out today in a press conference and says, look, here's the reality of the situation in the transfer portal. If you want a good QB, it's going to cost you about 1.5, million. I was like, damn, if that's the case, what's it cost for a great QB? That's a lot of money, brother. And I think the unfortunate thing about that, not that the players are getting paid. That, of course, is not unfortunate. The unfortunate thing about the statement that a, quote, good quarterback is going to cost $1.5 to $2 million in the transfer portal is that who is footing the bill are the fans and the alumni and the boosters that's just unfortunate it's it's poor vision from the ncaa it's a lack of leadership from the institutions that say that they're trying to lead college sports into the future for there to be such a gap in the structure of what nil is for universities and teams and supporters to say hey fans pony up so we could go get players that to me is just a bit ridiculous
1: yeah i i I mean look I I agree it, it, at the end of the day you know who suffers the consumer right the consumer ends up suffering yes uh in every everyday life right I mean you talked about about anything that happens it, it is that the trickle-down effect always comes down to the everyday consumer um and you know that's that that really does suck I mean where it comes from what better what better um a bundle pile of money a pot. I don't know. Um, but uh, I I think there could be a better way.
2: I yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And there probably will be a better way. I don't know how far away we are from that. But I want to ask this question and please tweet at us with your answer because I find it fascinating. Obviously, a lot of our listeners are Georgia fans. So I need you to go back in time to maybe five years ago. But if I went to you, and, of course, this is a this is not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. But if I went to you and hypothetically said, I guarantee you a national championship for your favorite college football team, how much are you willing to pay today? You know, sitting in the stadium for second and 26, sitting in the stadium for the 18 SEC championship game where I, I thought we for sure would have won the national championship if we had gotten past Alabama. Uh, being a rookie one year out from that 2012 team who lost to Alabama in the SEC Championship game, just tasting how close that Georgia's been and feeling like the dogs were snake bit and we're never going to win a national championship. If you would have asked me, Drew, I guarantee you just one national championship in football. How much would you pay me right now today? I don't know. I mean, I, I would have paid $1,000. I'd be like, $1,000? Absolutely. Make, it'd have to sting a little bit like it'd have to sting a little bit but you'd want to feel that gratification I need to know what your number would be and I feel like that might be the message that some of these people are giving in the Nil space to say we need to go get better players of course there's no guarantee there's no guarantee they're going to win 10 games much less a national championship it's so hard to win a national championship but my question is this Jake guarantee you will be a national champion your team. How much would you be willing to pay in that moment for a bona fide guarantee? Because I felt the pain. I felt the heartbreak. I thought it never happened. And as Georgia fans and alumni, we're very, very, very lucky that it has happened now twice in a row.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I'm on the team and you're asking me how much would I pay for one? I I mean, I now this is that point. Yeah. I would say, hey, this this is the number in my bank account that I, you've been, I you've totally been paying agree. me. Sure, I would 100% uh, push all that there because I, I'm looking down the road, and I I mean, if you win a national championship in the state of Georgia, I think you'll have many options to, to do things later in life that I think it will end up paying out for itself, um, and then doing something for the great state of Georgia, the university, I, I think that'd be well worth it. So. Yeah, as a player,
2: yeah, empty the clip for sure. I totally (laughs) agree with that. You can have it all. (laughs) I totally agree with that. And I don't want to cheapen the question to our listeners because I honestly think $500 is is too small of a price. If you love football as much as I think you love football by listening to this podcast, if you love your team, your university, as much as I think you do, I think $500, and and look, I know that the – Economic times are tough. Everybody's situation is different. But I think 95% of people would hand over $500 today to, so. to guarantee a national championship for their team. So I don't know. It's just a thought I had as it relates to a head coach. At, like, take Nebraska, for example, Matt Rule. Okay. If Matt Rule, Nebraska is one of the you know, blue blood programs in college football. They've got one of the best fan bases. They just do. Just go look at any study or any historical reference. If Matt rule, what does their stadium hold? 90,000 people? So, again, this is a stupid thing for me to say because it's not realistic. If he said, hey, every single person in the stadium, donate $500 and we can go buy a roster and win a national championship.
1: What if... What if you?
2: That's just... forty-five million dollars. Wow! So five hundred dollars times ninety thousand. Think about that. Think about that. Now, I, that of course is not realistic. But for Nebraska, if you had forty-five million-dollar payroll, I think that changed things a little bit.
1: I mean, I'm just you're saying. saying I, I look I now. I also want to play the other side too. Please do. I'm saying, all right now. 90,000 people. Okay. Think about how much you, you people pay for season tickets. Ungodly amounts. Thousands of dollars. Okay. Now thousands multiply that. By, thousands of dollars. Now multiply that by a couple thousand and then see what that number is and saying, well, that's a big number already. Yes. Why what can't we just pull from this? Hey,
2: you're exactly um, right. And I think that's probably the direction that we're going in with revenue sharing and all that stuff. I don't want to bore our listeners with that kind of inside baseball but, but that's the argument and you, you bring up a great point the 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 normal fan the 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 blue blood fan the person who these programs backs are built on they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars in donations and tickets and parking and concessions and gas and just everything so i i agree with you jay all right whoo got me fired up there got me I fired up was, there
1: that, that was a good one that was a good all segment right. All right, all right, good stuff, good stuff.
2: We'll talk about the conference championship games in just a second, but I also have to tell you, um, you can win five hundred bucks, and then you can give it to whatever cause you want to by downloading the Prize Picks app. That's right, download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code Punt, you get a one hundred percent deposit match up to your first one hundred dollars. How do you win five hundred dollars on Prize Picks? Well, you pick two to six players. You predict that he'll go more or less than their prize pick stat projection. You can win 25x your money. They do cross-sport entries. Their board is totally filled up with all sorts of action. There is no better daily fantasy game on the planet than prize picks. Longtime supporters of the Punt and Pass podcast. The DB3 piece will be given out Saturday. I can't wait because we're going to hit. It's going to be an awesome weekend. It will set us up rolling in to bowl season shout out prize picks go follow them on social media at prize picks PrizePicks.com. use the promo code punt all right let's dive right into these games starting on Friday night it's the Pac-12 mm. championship this could be game of the weekend number five Oregon against number three Washington again Friday night 8 p.m. On ABC, right now, Oregon is a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. It's crazy to me. The total is 65-and-a-half points. In Las Vegas, a rematch of a Week 6 game, Jake, that was one of the best of the season. Washington beat Oregon by three points in Seattle. I think this one's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm all about this game. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, I'm, I'm all about Oregon winning, too. Now, I I, I love Oregon. I uh, love Coach Lanning. Love Bo Nix. I think they're one of the hottest teams in the country. I think they're playing well at the right time. Um, and then having that opportunity to play a team that you lost a heartbreaker to on the road, that fuels a little bit of fire. You know you can get after these guys. I mean, they were like a fourth down conversion away from being up in that game. So uh, th- they're right there. It was theirs to win. They lost it. Now they get an opportunity on a neutral site, um, and I, I just I, I, the revenge factor is coming in to me a little bit now. Nine and a half points, ooh, it's a lot. It's a lot of points, man. I, I I do know one thing for certain. I do think there will be a lot of points scored in this game. This is the, um, Oregon has the number one passing offense in the country. Washington has the number two passing offense in the country. So both quarterbacks will have their chance to dish it around uh, the park and I, I just, this game's gonna be fun to watch. I'm glad it's on Friday night, be able to watch it, uh, enjoy the whole thing. Cause uh, I, I think this one's going to be nothing short, but spectacular.
2: I think this is very interesting. And I totally agree with everything you just said. The most evenly matched team to Georgia right now, who's the number one team in the nation per odds makers is Oregon. Look ahead lines from Chris Andrews sports on Twitter said, Georgia would be a one point favorite against Oregon on a neutral field. Georgia would be a 10 point favorite against washington on a neutral field it would just be fascinating and crazy if georgia did end up playing oregon in the national championship not for any other reason than bo Nix facing georgia for oregon for the national championship do you have any um experience with that tosh lapui guy he seems like a great coach. He was an assistant at Alabama yeah. probably when yeah. you were getting recruited there. Yeah. Met, and, yep. And Lanning him. Yep. hired him away to come be his defensive coordinator at Oregon they are a physical defense. Do you know him? Do you ever talk to him?
1: Yeah, I mean, just just know him uh, a little bit in passing when I was getting recruited there at Alabama. Um, it, it seemed like uh he was the guy that Saban really liked to um just really go out and meet recruits. I think he's very personable. Uh really guys took to him a lot. Um, and obviously that's showing too, the guys on defense are, are, are really taken to him and, and wanting to play their heart out for him. So I I think Oregon has one of the more underrated defenses in the country. Um, and I I think they play some, some really good and tough defense. And, and I think the only like comparable defense, I think to George's defense, um, with these teams that we have.
2: Absolutely. As I said, rematch of Week 6, 36-33, Washington beat Oregon. Here's the thing, though. Oregon has been blasting teams as of late. In their last six games, they have won each game by an average of 26 points per game. Washington struggled. They've had a tough schedule. They have not been covering either. Dan Lanning left too many points on the field in the first matchup. He cost his team the game by going for it on fourth downs, by passing up field goals. He even said so in the post-game press conference. However, indoors, in Vegas, neutral field, I think Michael Penix Jr. is going to get his. Roma Dunze, the wide receiver at Washington, is a certified Baller. baller. He is going to get his as well. Look, I know the odds makers are begging you to take the points with Washington, and that makes me scratch my head and go, should I be smarter than everybody else in the room? And when everybody's zigging, I'll zag. That's a lot of points to lay. I think it even gets to 10 by kickoff. Give me the points with Washington. I think Oregon wins a close one. Uh, I think Washington keeps it close. I think there's a lot of points as well. So I do agree with you on that jake all right let's go to the big 12 championship this is saturday at noon number 18 oklahoma state against number seven texas in arlington on abc this line: texas a 15 and a half point favorite the total is 54 and a half more than two touchdowns
1: holy cow thoughts there i just man for these Championship games so far. I mean, the lines are just a little outrageous. I mean, like these are the best of the best in the conference, um, and they're going to go and and slug it out. So, to me, these games are just are closer than what I'm being led to believe by these odds makers making these lines. Um, I think this is going to be another great game. Uh, I think Texas has everything in the world to prove this game, right? Uh, so they're going to give it their best shot. They're going to want a chance to get in. Um, and so I think they're going to pull out all the stops, all the the whole bag of tricks, empty the clip uh, on offense, and really just give you everything they got. Texas has a really, really good rushing offense. Uh, they're the 25th ranked team in the country uh, rushing the ball on offense. And Oklahoma State is a really bottom-tier rushing defense. Like, they were so far yeah. down the line, like, they would not really – have them ranked. So um, really watch out uh, to that be a, a really big differentiator in this game. Uh, and maybe Texas can run away with it.
2: These teams did not meet in the regular season of 2023, but were regular rivals in Texas's tenure during the big 12 underdogs have gone four and two straight up and six and O against the spread in the last six head to head meetings between Oklahoma state and Texas. Mike Gundy, head coach at Oklahoma State, who just won Big 12 Coach of the Year. I don't know if you saw that. Mike Gundy just won Big 12 Coach of the Year. They lost three games. They lost to South Alabama at home, like 33-7. to You know who votes on the Big 12 Coach of the Year? I'm a coach. The Big 12 coaches. Do you think the Big 12 coaches were going to vote for a Texas head coach who will no longer be in the Big 12 new year, next year? Absolutely we'll not. It. So that was a little... I think a mutiny inside a little group text. Hey, we're not going to vote for Sarkeesian. Give it to Gundy. They are in the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Oklahoma State's nine and three. They're only outscoring opponents by 2.9 points per game. <sighs> 15 and a half too many points. 15 and a half points.
1: That's I too many points. I, I can't like uh, the same thing with Oregon. Like, yeah, I expect Oregon to win by a touchdown, but. Man, you start getting that nine and a half, ten, ten and a half. I mean, that's just a lot of points there, their Chief. So,
2: last time Oklahoma State played in the Big 12 championship game, they lost a close one, 21-16. to 16. You might remember that's where they stretched the ball at the goal line. He didn't get in. Baylor won. The uh-huh. Cowboys were expected to win that day. They were seven-point favorites. So, I'm reading that from a vcent.com article. I'm not going to act like I'm going to break down Oklahoma State's offense and defense. I just think it's too many points. I think Texas is really good. This is a conference championship game. Mike Gunny's a great coach in the underdog spot. Give me 15 and a half points. All right, let's go to the big one. The SEC championship game. It's going to be fascinating. 4 p.m. on CBS in Atlanta, Georgia, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Number one, Georgia takes on number eight, Alabama. Georgia right now, a five and a half point favorite. I've seen sixes in other places as well. The total here is 54 and a half so much to talk about. I got plenty of trends, plenty of stats, a lot of good stuff here, Jake, where do we start?
1: You know, I I think I got like two stomachs for this game. You know, one's like a really nervous stomach. Yeah. Alabama matches up. Well, Jalen Milrow is going to just, just run up and down on the guys. On the other hand, I'm like, well, I I just, I think they finally got it figured out. The Alabama monster is just over and gone. It's just going to be another game for those guys, um, and they're going to just figure out how to shut him down, uh, make him throw the ball, have some success with that, and they're going to score a lot of points on offense. So um, I, I'm really leaning towards just the dogs go in and take care of business, but I, I would just definitely expect Alabama to get theirs in. Like they're just they're not going to roll over and lay down. They're not just going to let it happen. They're going to put up a fight, uh, of and course. it's going to be it's going to be it probably. Late fourth quarter before the dogs really kind of stretch away from it and and really make their mark.
2: Would you expect anything less than a Georgia-Alabama game in Atlanta not coming down to the wire? wire. It's going to come down to the wire. Here are some statistics from Alabama. This is from Connor O'Gara at Saturday Down South. They're undefeated in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They've never lost in that building. Ho-hum. Last eight times they've played in the SEC championship game. They've won eight straight SEC championship games. They're 16-0 in Atlanta since 2008. 12 of those 16 wins, double digits. Alabama's very comfortable in Atlanta, more so in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, even more so at the helm of Nick Saban. However, in the Lord's year of 2023, Look, we used to do a a segment on punt and pass called transitive properties. And in college football, you know, does it matter? Does it not? Were you home? Were you away? What time of the season did you play the same teams? Georgia and Alabama had four common opponents this year. Ole Miss, Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky. In all four games, Georgia had a greater point differential than Alabama did. Georgia and Alabama both played Ole Miss at home. Georgia beat Ole Miss by 35. Alabama beat Ole Miss by 14. Georgia and Alabama both played Auburn away. Georgia won by seven. Alabama won by three. Georgia played Kentucky at home, beat them by 38. Alabama played Kentucky away, beat them by 28. And finally, Tennessee. Georgia went to Knoxville, beat the Vols by 28 points. Alabama played Tennessee at home, And beat them by 14 points. Georgia's win differential, their point differential in those games was 21 greater than Alabama, 14 greater than Alabama, 10 greater than Alabama, and 4 greater than Alabama for an average differential of plus 12.25 points against common opponents. So I don't know if that matters. Look, two of the games were in the same location. The other two swapped home and away. Of course, they were at different times of the year. But against common opponents, Georgia has a plus 12.25 point differential in those games. I also reminded myself today, Jake, because look, the only thing that matters for Alabama is Jalen Milrow. I think that's obvious. He got benched this season. They benched him. And Nick Saban and, started Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson against South Florida. And it was a disaster. And
1: then asked for the Heisman trophy
2: after <laughs> the Auburn win.
1: Oh man.
2: So is Jalen Milrow an absolute freak? Yes. Is he a beast? Yes. Is Georgia going to have to find a way to limit him? Yes. That's obvious. Georgia's. Perimeter defense has been their biggest vulnerability all season long. I was on an interview earlier today, and they were like, what do you most like about Georgia's defense? And I said their ability to adjust in game. I think that's it. Like, this is a resilient group. Uh, They take coaching and criticism very well in the moment, as evidenced by the last six games, the opponent scoring first. Georgia then fixes things very quickly on the field. Then they go into halftime, and it seems like they fix it even better coming out of the second half. The other X factor for Georgia in this game is going to be their red zone offense. Can't have field goals. Got to score touchdowns. I mean, that that is the ultimate kiss of death against Alabama. Getting down there, knocking on the door, Jake, and then settling for three. Because as the game gets later, those three points become more important, and then maybe you miss one of those field goals. And that's when the Alabama sharks start swimming in the water and things happen. Like what happened in Auburn this past weekend?
1: Yeah. Uh, I got two things for you. Uh, I know this will be said, uh, at some point this week, whether it's during the week, whether it's a, uh, in a pregame speech by Kirby, but he will say the best team does not win today. It's the team that plays best. Um, say that again, It's not the best team that wins this game. game. It's the team that plays the best. Okay, I like that. I like that. Georgia is the better product. They are the better complete football team. Yes. However, depending on which Alabama team shows up, which Jalen Milrow shows up, I'm not saying that they are better than the best possible Georgia team, but when they have figured it out, they've played really well on offense. Okay. Now they played bad on offense. They have, but when they figured it out and Jalen Milrow is dealing, they played really well. I.e. the LSU game uh, at home. Uh, second thing that I had was the turnover battle. Always, this is always important in any game throughout the season. Course, the even more so, even more so important in these big time championship games. Uh, Alabama is ranked 21st in the country with a plus seven turnover differential uh, for the season. I'm going to be honest, on this site that I have, on, Georgia's on com.
2: Georgia's not even on there. They're, I think they're even on the season. That good. is
1: so, That is so surprising to me.
2: I know. They just – well, to their credit, they just haven't turned the ball over much, and they've been so efficient, they just haven't had the need to force a lot of turnovers. And that was a big talking point earlier on in the season, no forced fumbles. You know, a guy's name who we never even hear during the games is Malachi Starks. He's one of the best safeties in the country. They don't even throw to his side. But you're right. You're exactly right, Jake. If the turnover monster shows up, you are D-O-A, brother, dead on arrival Especially in games like this,
1: yeah, um, I, I agree. I was just part of the game not too long ago. I, yeah, we played the Giants. I mean, we were down six. It was six to zero. Now we still had a chance to win the game, but you just you you once you start turning the ball over or you start losing the turnover battle in big time games, just forget I mean, about it. Forget about it. You just don't have a chance. So, got to win the
2: turnover battle. Guess what the point spread was in 2021 SEC championship game? The last game Georgia lost. Georgia was a six-point favorite against Alabama. Yeah. And Alabama beat them 41-24, to and it wasn't even that close. That was an absolute drub job by the Crimson Tide. So, hey, this is it. Saban-Kirby, SEC title game, college football playoff berth to the winner, most likely. Georgia's won 29 straight, as I just said, last loss coming to this very team in this very game, in this very building. It's going to be a great one. I'll lay the points, you know. Why not? I guess, right? Why not?
1: Are, are, you, are, you, zigging or, are you zigging or zagging right now?
2: Well, the public is going to look and say Alabama plus six points. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I think that's the public play. And yeah. I think that's why the odds makers may make it at, at that number. They know the public loves to bet Alabama. The public loves to bet Nick Saban. I think this line could be higher, but then people would start scratching their head and maybe second guessing. I think the general better, the general college football fan, if you've got a hundred bucks in your pocket and you're walking through a Las Vegas sports book, I think they'd be like, Alabama plus six, absolutely give me that bet. So I don't know. I feel like I'm zagging. Is my bias showing? Maybe a little bit, but I said this on an interview the other week. If my bias has been showing over the last couple of years, okay, I'm 45 and one. So it makes me a great analyst. How about that?
1: (laughs) How about that? that. Okay. (laughs) That's fine.
2: I'm right. You're wrong a lot of the time.
0: So what's your what's
2: your official? What's your official? I'll lay the points. Here is my official. Georgia 37, Alabama 28. It's my official.
1: I like that. I like that. I'm gonna zag with you. I'm gonna go Georgia 31. Alabama. I want to see 20, 21. Yeah. Somewhere in there, 20, 21. Yeah. yeah. That's what I got. That's what and I got
2: look, I would ask you, how do you stop Jalen Milrow? We've gone over this week after week, and it's just like, figure it out. So I guess I'll ask you that before we move on to the next game. That's the game. Like, like do not oversimplify things. Turnovers, third down, red zone offense. Okay? How do you stop Jalen Milrow? Uh. Contain exactly. Him in the pocket i mean it, <laughs> it's, he's such a beast starts
1: with, starts with your edgy eyes you can't you can't push too far uh deep and and past the quarterback you're you're really not like rushing to sack him you're rushing to keep him in there and you're trying to you're trying to squeeze the pocket like you're not really trying to, to to shed and get after him because he's gonna just give you a quick little move and he's gonna be out so you're really just trying to squeeze the pocket Uh, The interior rush guys really have to push the interior lineman for Alabama um, and really kind of make him feel like he's suffocating back there. Like he has nowhere to go. Um, The only way to go is backwards. And that's the last place you want to go is backwards. So uh, do that mix up man and zone where there's eyes on him and zone. But man, if you do play man, you got to have a spy on him. You got to have an athletic dude to do it because you have to tackle the best athlete on the field um, in the open field, which is one of the hardest things to do in all of sports. So do a little bit of that and you'll have a little bit of success. And I'm sure Kirby's going to draw something up in the sand too and and be pretty good at it.
2: No doubt. It ain't like they're not practicing it. And it's not like they're not staying up late this week, studying how do we keep this guy in the pocket or at least make him play worse from the pocket, I guess. Watch some of that Texas tape. I don't know. Uh, I do not know, but it's going to be an awesome game and I'll be there. So if you see me, holler at me. All right, quickly, last two games, ACC championship, Louisville, Florida State. We mentioned it. Florida State can win and still be on the outside looking in. I think the best thing for Florida State is their defense is physical. They can run the football with Trey Benson. Tate Rodemaker has a game under his belt in a hostile environment, the Swamp. I think Mike Norvell's a great game planner. I think this game comes down to the wire. The line right now is Florida State. As a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, you know, call me crazy, this game's 8 p.m. Saturday night on ABC. I said it earlier, Charlotte is supposed to be cold and rainy. I think Florida State, they have not had, like, that signature last-second win yet this season. Give me a game-winning field goal. Give me undefeated season. Give me ACC champs. um, And it will be the reason why the committee keeps them out. They weren't, they weren't able to shut the door on Louisville. They had to blow them out. I think that sets up for drama. So give me two and a half points with Louisville. Florida State wins on a last-second field goal. They win the game by two points.
1: So you tell me about this weather. Um, and when Florida State went up to play Boston College, dang, that was early, though. I really don't know yeah. if weather played a whole lot of effect in that game, but they just did not play well kind of – up north maybe in some weather uh can't really recollect on that one um but this weather's really kind of scaring me a little bit with fsu i just think um louisville's just a little bit more grittier uh, yeah. and especially after the win after the excuse me the loss last week um i think they just want to make their mark man um
2: yeah and Jamar I, I, jordan's a beast louisville's running back over a thousand yards rushing 13 touchdowns he can tote the rock
1: I think I'm gonna take Louisville. Like just on that. I just I think this is gonna really lean heavy on uh just the running game in general. If it's a game like that. Um and then I, I love Tate. I I think he's gonna be a great quarterback. Um but man, these big time championship games through eight o'clock, <laughs> he's got he's got all day to think about it. I don't know. Just yeah. I'm just kinda leaning towards Louisville right on this one.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty sound way to look at it. All right, let's finish things up. Big 10 championship game. Woo, this one could be a huge stinker. Michigan against wow. Iowa. It's at 8 p.m. on Saturday night as well over on Fox. Michigan is a 21 and a half point favorite. The total is 35 and a half points. Keep in mind, Iowa 10 and 2, ranked 16th. Michigan, of course, undefeated, ranked second. I saw this. Iowa's team total. In the okay. first half, Yeah. how many points are the I Vegas know, odd makers expecting Iowa this. to score in the first half? The line right now is set at a half a point.
1: I saw this, and I didn't know if it was real, so I'm so glad that you yes. said it. A half a point. And, Will
2: they score yeah, a point in the first 30 real. minutes
1: of football? Do you think – conspiracy, I'm going to put the tinfoil hat on here. Do you think they, they did that so people – or more intuned like to watch the game just to see if Iowa scores a point.
2: I can get down with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Just a pro tip for everybody out there, the lower the total. So like this game's total 33 and a half points or 35 and a half points, I'm sorry. You're probably look at that and go, "Oh my god, there's no way Michigan might score 35 on their own." Well, if it's exactly. 35 to 0, it's still under. The majority of these games when the numbers are so low They tend to go under. Look no further than what happened last week, Iowa against Nebraska. The total was 25. The final was 13 to 10. Okay? So just buyer beware there. I do like your line of thought, though. Hey, this game could be a clunker. Let's bring the public in to get some eyes on it. Half a point. What do you say? Hey, if I put something down on that, then I'm definitely gonna watch the game.
1: Right. Yeah. Got to. You gotta watch the game. So um yeah. I I what do they do? I know the uh the quarterback there at uh at Iowa, you know, obviously played at Michigan, transferred. Yeah, he's over injured, though.
2: He's injured though.
1: Oh, he is? Yeah,
2: Cade McNamara. it's a bummer. That's a bummer. So, who- he's he's
1: He's,
2: he's he's talking a little bit too now. Oh, I know. He he he, he like he calls him the other team or something? It's team, really yeah. funny. Here's Iowa's offensive production in their last four games 10 points, they won 10 to 7, 22 points, they won 22 to nothing, 15 points, they won 15 to 13, and 13 points, they won 13 to 10. Oh, and then they lost to Minnesota, they scored 10 points, Minnesota scored 12. So I <laughs> Michigan should blow him out. Jim Harbaugh's back on the sidelines. Michigan's feeling it. Michigan versus everybody. This is supposed to be their year. Harbaugh's back? Yeah, he's back on the sidelines this weekend. His suspension is, is done.
1: Is he is he back for good? Yeah. Oh yeah. Michigan it's Michigan versus everybody. Oh yeah. Watch yeah. out. Yeah. I'm in. I'm on I'm on the train. Michigan versus everybody.
2: He is on the train. Another funny note on Michigan, so like obviously last week Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Barstool was up there. They're doing their show. Game day's up there. Fox Big Noon kickoff's up there. And if you follow Barstool, it's been really funny to see uh, Dave Portnoy, Prez, how he's handled the whole Connor Stallion situation. Obviously, there's shtick involved. But what he's saying about Stallions getting suspended and then fired and nobody can hear from him. He said from day one, like, how dare we disgrace this veteran because Stallions was in the Army or he was a Marine? And, you know, how dare we discredit hard work and creativity because Stallions had this huge elaborate plan to get all this information. And Portnoy said, hey, this guy, whenever he resurfaces, he has a standing job offer to work for me at Barstool Sports. That's how much I respect what he did. That's how much I know he's a hard worker. He's a veteran, all this stuff. Well, during the college football show, For Barstool Sports, Portnoy's like, hold on, I got something coming across my desk. And this guy walked out on the set and handed him a piece of paper. Okay? And then in the pizza reviews, because whenever he travels, he does pizza reviews at these locations. He's doing all these pizza reviews in Ann Arbor, and the videos have been coming out, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you watch them, there's a guy in the background of all these pizza reviews. He'll, like, step out of the door, or he'll be sitting in a car behind him. It's Connor Stallion's.
1: No, so he, way. yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. And now all the websites are picking up on it. You know, did Dave Portnoy unearth Connor Stallions? Yes, he absolutely did. And it's just chef's kiss. Brilliant. He got yeah. him to come show out and show face, but nobody knew he was there played into the whole stealth mode thing.
1: Really, really funny. I thought that. Uh- that's good stuff. I mean, leave, leave it to Dave and those guys to, to yeah. pull something out like that. That's that's hilarious. So classic. Hey, well, this
2: weekend's gonna be classic at college football. Appreciate you guys tuning in to Punt and Pass. This episode of Punt and Pass was presented to you by our awesome partners over at Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code Punt. You get a one hundred percent deposit match up to your first one hundred dollars. The board is going to be totally packed this weekend. DB Three Piece will be out on social media. At Drew Butler. Follow prize picks at prize picks. Use the promo code PUNT. Check them out. They are the best. Follow us on social media at PUNT and PASS, at From Jake, at Drew Butler, puntandpass.com. Jake, anything on the way out, my man?
1: No, nah, man. We said it all. Can't wait to watch the games. Cannot
2: wait. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay dry. It's supposed to be a little wet in Atlanta. If you see me out at the SEC Championship, holler at us who the commanders got.
1: We have. The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. There you go. Awesome. Go
2: Commanders. And we will talk to you on Monday. See you.
1: We out.
0: This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business. And it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1, smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen.